lunch and Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows and creamy middles of seasons 1 to 12 of The Simpsons through random episode generation. I'm of course always joined by my good boy, Cal Reader. Cal, how are we? I'm good man, how are you? I'm very good man, um, slight real life update for people, I'm, uh, I'm now out of retail, finally. Celebrate good times, come on, and I'm now in a nice tidy office job here and there. And yeah, um, things are looking good. How about you in your own person? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just tired from all the homework I've been doing, hoeing about and stuff. I did gardening. I'm not a pimp. I've tried being a pimp. You know, you just get sucked off too hard. It's horrible. But... I never knew you were one for green fingers, Cal. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, just, I agree to things at work and forget I agree to them. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, now you got to go garden and shit and then because we didn't get taught we literally got gave I, I was telling you before the podcast recorded like literally just got given a load of tools and it was just like yep yeah, good luck and then like halfway through so it was like six hours and it wasn't too rainy it wasn't raining or anything like that but like after about hour four I just turned to the girl that was doing it with I was just like I wonder how bad morally it'll look if I sued a, a hospice <laughs> there is a they have a point they are in the wrong yeah. <laughs> and the episode we're reviewing today is season 3 episode 15's Homer Alone uh, directed by Mark Kirkland written by David Stern and the couch gag is the family forms a human pyramid uh, Cal as always is there any initial um, thoughts for this episode or particular memories with Homer Alone yeah so the main the, the main thing what kind of uh, not necessarily drew me, but uh, I kind of forgot which episode this was. I thought it was one of three episodes. I do remember this one. I remember main the thing. What always comes to mind is when Marge is in the um, on the bridge, and she just growls at the guy, and the bit where she says "Get out," and that kind of terrified me a little bit when I was younger. Well, like you say, with Marge sort of losing a rag in the car and shouting at the kids, the artist director behind this mark kirkland he's do he does a lot of stretchy face in this like quite a lot of the grotesque especially you know the kids in the car bart's teasing lisa with his face and that i loved all the sort of stretching with this episode and the animation particularly yeah yeah i agree this is this is the good thing about like this era simpsons not it's a little bit for the earlier ones as well earlier than this as well obviously this is only season three um is the the animation's a lot more rubbery and but not like computerizedly rubbery or you know too straight kind of thing it's very emotive yeah it's very cell by cell and you yeah. get to see some of the extremities and the stretch and that is very entertaining to look at so we open up the episode with a parody even oh, how old would have been even seven eight-year-old little me would have got this because of um Cartoon Network and Boomerang, it's a Wile E. Coyote parody, and I don't know, I really like this off the bat here, I got it then, I got it now, the reference, um, were you a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes fan back in the day, did you watch any Boomerang, Cal? Oh, I used to love it, I used to love Looney Tunes, I was always more, I, I, obviously with Disney, I, I loved the films and stuff like that, but I didn't really watch Disney Channel or anything like that, um, occasionally Cartoon Network, but it was always Looney Tunes was a classic. 
Wiley Coyote is one of my favourites as well as was uh, Sylvester the Cat. Because uh, I just kind of like lovable heroes, well, lovable losers more than anything. It's what I really relate But it used to be, because I remember in, in Sheffield, anyway, there used to be a Warner Brothers store in Meadow Hall, and it was massive. It was, bigger, it was actually bigger than Disney store. Um, oh, I had no idea. And it, it, it used to do a lot for like when obviously upcoming films, like when Harry Potter was coming out, it used to be the Dobby thing. Um, I've still got somewhere, probably in the loft somewhere, um, a couple of Dooney Tunes stuffed animals and stuff. But and then it kind of died. I don't know what happened. What happened really? I think it was just kind of died down, shut down eventually. I remember when it was when it was shut in actually. They dressed up the dob the creepy Dobby statue in like Hawaiian thing, saying we're going on a trip, and then Dobby never returned. Homer and Bart come out of this little parody, out of this freeze frame, and they knock something over, and this pretty much kickstarts what um, Marge has to deal with on a twenty-four hour basis, just cleaning up after people being the mum of this crazy family. And this took me to flashbacks of first year Tyler of um living in uni halls, you know, especially when it came to, like, sink duty. I am not cleaning that. Oh, who am I kidding? <laughs> See, it's a shithole, but it's my shithole. I must clean this. See, we had a very different kind of thing, because a lot of it is that I always use my shit, so then I had to kind of chuck it, like, clean it and all that stuff. And I remember one time being at work and having, like, three missed calls from a housemate, and it was just like... Where are the pots? And I went, I went, what's up? Sorry, I went, what's up? I'm at work. He went, where are the pots? I went, well, they're in my room. We need to come home now and knock it. I went, firstly, no, I'm at work. Like, fuck you. Secondly, they're my pots. <laughs> so you can go suck my dick. And he went, oh, okay. And bought some pots. Wait, you keep dirty pots in your room? No, so I cleaned them, obviously. I didn't, why would I, why would I keep dirty pots in my room? No, like, I'd, I clean like the you know dishes and cooking frying pans and stuff like that, and because I was sick of just because doing my my items, I just left them in the kitchen and there's people using them and just leave, like not cleaning them and just leaving them. Oh, so it was a preventative measure. Yeah, it was an alpha move to show that I was the most hated. Hated prick in the house. Marge has to run errands through the day, and she has to make everyone's breakfast and people's lunches, and they've got very sp- specific and particular orders. And I like the family just carrying again; they're oblivious to the stress she's going through. But I like the little wrinkle of Homer as an adult, even though he realizes the kids are hassling the mum. It's just, oh, you're making hmm. sandwiches, right? I'll have two bologna, extra bologna, double bologna. See, this is another thing. Cause- you, you've you've not met my brother yet, but he's basically Homer Simpson uh, as a he, real human being. Like, is this very oafish and very kind of he's a buffoon, a buffoon, well, a buffoon, a buffoon. Yeah, yeah it, but and it's something what he'd very much do. He'd just be like, oh yeah, sandwich. Uh, yeah, I'll have two sandwiches, one one tuna, one chicken, half chicken and tuna and all that stuff. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? She goes off on her errands and, you know, her hands are full with a baby and a bowling ball and lunch and car keys and you name it. Um, She ends up passing the kids along. They're on the way to school and this is what was on about the animations are 
really on point here. And like you were saying, uh, Cal, it's very rubbery in that. It's quite, um, it's quite energetic, this animation. And mm. I used to have, um, I don't believe it's off these faces. I think it's more the season one models and drawings they used to do with the family. But I used to have, I don't know about you, but there was a black um, duvet set available. I think it might have been from Asda. And it was all, all the family's distorted faces pulling these creepy, oh, cool. gruesome faces. And I had that until... I actually last week. No, I wish it was. Like I actually regret um getting rid of it. It must have been what ten years ago and obviously I should have kept it for nostalgia's sake and desperate eBay time's sake as well. But yeah, put me onto good memories of that. Marge, this is the first sort of snap, the first sort of breaking of sanity with the very slow down get out, you know. Sounds very much like Julie Kavner's uh own voice. She didn't have to change much for Marge, but I think slowing it down, it just sounds like a normal voice here. Yeah, that's this is the bit what kind of just, I don't know why it always used to shake me up a little bit, but it kind of in a moment. I don't know if you've seen that video going around on Facebook where it's that kid who slides down a slide and he goes up to a little boy and he's just like, "I went really fast," and the guy, the little boy, just gives the most demonic laugh. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> and, I haven't no. I'll, I'll show it you later. But he just they slow it down and it sounds horrific. Like it sounds demonic. It's so funny. <laughs> she's running through these errands and she's just trying to find some sort of distraction because Mad- Maggie's um about to send her over the edge. But um she pops on the radio and again like a previous episode before, um Phil Hartman's featuring in it twice as this radi- random radio voice and everyone's favourite uh, hokey TV actor Troy McClure but um, I think it's good they had him in these bonus roles just as like an odd voice here and there even mm. though you know it is obviously him but he, you know I can't get enough of Phil Hartman like I said before he's the glue he's underrated whenever they um, I was doing a bit of research throughout this and whenever they needed to just joke something up or just to have a solitary funny scene they would call on Phil Hartman to do a Hutz or a McClure or what have you yeah, he's a very. I, I was always, I was wondering when I was watching this episode late later in the episode when he reappears as Troy McClure, um, how it's something oh, I, I should have really researched before we went on there, but um, how many like fake films and stuff he's actually been in? Oh, there has to be a YouTube compilation. I'm going to Google it now. I'll link it to the page uh, so the kind people can have a look. I do particularly like the fact that um, he's very energetic with what seems like some sort of um, melancholy uh, medical advert. Oh, it's horrible headache. It's like there's a rat in my brain. I think that's just the go-to sort of performance for Hartman, but he nails it every time and it always seems to get a chuckle out of me and raise a smile out of me each time. Yeah, he's been in quite a few films. There's a big list here. Electric Gigolo, which is the Electric Horseman and American Gigolo. Uh, erotic Adventures of Hercules, which is apparently the Erotic Adventures of Zorro and Robinson Crusoe. Oh, that was real? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. You may have seen me in such films as P is for Psycho. What about Gladys, the groovy mule? Is that based <laughs> in any uh, reality? Let's have a look. Uh, Gladys, the groovy mule, reference Francis, the talking mule. Oh, wow, so it's actually a talking yeah. horse a talking mule of some kind wow yeah. few and far between his film career good god howdy this is just a reminder that if you're enjoying the content so far loving our podcast loving the episode go over to facebook.com and search for uncle mo's family feedback a british podcast and give us a like there we'll update you on all of our exclusive content and posts as well 
Also, if you're in the mood for a bit more Simpsons and more Simpsons podcast, go over and check out the 411 folks on Facebook and SoundCloud as well. They do lots of great impressions, great analysis of the episodes, and it's generally... Maggie ends up spilling her bottle, and this sends Marge over the edge. Again, sort of terrifying line movement and great animation is showing a break from insanity, and she slams the brakes on the car and just stops in the middle of the highway. And I feel this might be some sort of film reference. I don't know if it's Pretty Woman or something, but I feel like it's referencing something, again, with the big southern bus driver coming out, way this better be good, and just the big line roaring... He skip. I like again the animation on this is great. Just the, it's not even a full frame. It's like half a frame, and he zips out a screen like showing real genuine uh, fear. Yeah, there. yeah. The idea of just someone who's just so fucked off, you just think, nah, nah, no, not not my problem. Don't get paid for this shit. <laughs> but yeah, I believe. Ooh, I want to put my reputation on the line and say, is this the first appearance of Arnie Pie? This is Arnie Pie with Arnie in the sky. We've got big problems on the Springfield Memorial Bridge, people. Traffic going way back in both directions. And look out at the corner of 14th and Elm, because I just dropped my bagel. His first voice is uh, some enchanted evening. His voice only, but his first actual appearance is Home Alone. All right, so I'm semi-right. Yeah, Arnie sees the um, chaos in soon, and this leads Kent Brockman to... um, have a little report because this is no normal uh, traffic report much to the dismay of Arnie so uh, Kent tries to parasail down to get an exclusive interview with Marge but like any sort of good uh, compilation on YouTube live news cock-ups they're one of my favourites and he just completely misses the car and this reminded me a lot of Homer coming back off the gorge after that big jump just bumping his head against the bridge and his little wails of pain ow Ow. I self, I think that's obviously later in uh, in episodes and stuff. Arnie gets a bit more pay towards uh, Ken Brockman. I feel that was just the beginning of his anger. Do you have a favourite Arnie moment? Because there's one prominent moment I do remember. I think it's oh, I, I don't want to know what season it's from, but um, it's very much he's bickering with Ken. Someone's on the run, as usually when he comes out, he's like, "Oh no, Arnie, please, this is not the time. You're not the time, Kent." You're not the time. Like, cutting a promo here. Arnie Pie. Good on him, lad. My favourite's when Ken Brockman gets sacked and straight away, straight away pushes him off because starts doing like a really normal anchor voice. Homer realises this is Marge on TV and he's embarrassed and so he has to come down there and talk her out and eventually they do. Um, I think this is the most sort of competent wig him is until they start making him funnier and dumbing him down because he's actually giving him rationale like coax her out tell her you love her and that like you're never going to see Wiggum that smart again and rational he's more uh, it's like when you watch early Columbo and stuff like that like I don't know if you ever watched Columbo but it's one of those things what my dad always watched and then it's kind of grown on to me so I'm like these are actually really well made but characters not really developed much he's, he's still a bit of an idiot but is more of a kind of like, now, she... They managed to get Marge out of the car, but she's instantly arrested there, cuffed up. And again, Wiggum's very competent, very happy. He's got a arrest on the collar there. But Quimby, you know, typical politician, this is going to kick him the chick vote goodbye. Don't you worry, Mr. Mayor. This little bird will be cracking rocks by the end of the week. Wiggum, you glorified night watchman, let her go. But she broke the law. Thanks for the civics lesson. Now listen to me. If Marge Simpson goes to jail, I can kiss the chick boat goodbye. 
And if I go down, you're gonna break my fall. Word of the wise, Quimby. Don't write checks, your butt can't turn. Hear me loud and clear, Wiggum. You bite me, I'll fight back. You talk the talk, Quimby, but do you walk the walk? I hereby declare today to be Marge Simpson Day in the city of Springfield. And I will say, it's only happened about three or four times, but I love these scenes with Quimby and Wiggum because it's very, it reminds me a lot of like, um, on our course, like old 60s films of just like, the law versus the mayor and that, and just the bickering in between and the yeah, dialogue. I, it just, I love that from Wiggum and Quimby. It's just like the evil harassing the other evil. I, I love their relationship because a lot of it's just, it just kind of shows how corrupt they are. I, I just like the corruption. Quimby's very, he's just in it for the votes and for the women vote and shit like that. If I'm honest, I think I've said this before, he's my favourite... Uh, Tertiary Not, character, yeah, side character, yeah, yeah non-family. totally. But after all that fracas of the day, Marge's at home in bed with Homer and she spots an advert for Rancho Relaxo on the TV. And I never really noted this, I just thought it was just standard uh, exposition. Here's a place for Marge to go. But there's actually a little well-written joke in here. Like you've got these grand shots of old Spanish villas and the pool and all the activities. But it's a two-star resort, Cal. Did you pick that up? I did, yeah. Yeah, two stars. Springfield's only two-star hotel. Again, painting the picture of Springfield just being your shit town. Homer's sort of alerted that Marge wants to go on a vacation by herself, but it's quite healthy. A lot of couples take um, solo vacations and that. So uh, he does accept it, and they're ready to go. I think it's just for a weekend. It's not quite sure, because obviously, you know, some time passes, but I wouldn't sure if it's for a week or just a weekend. I think it's just like a weekend more than anything. They're busy packing the kids off in the car and, you know, I love the expression of fear on Bart and Lisa's face having to stay with their aunts. Homer forgets Maggie, brings her out. And to me, I'll say it now, my MVP for the episode, I'm going to have to go with Maggie because with a lot of the scenes, it's not like they don't depict her as like in fear or out of control. She just wants to see Marge. She wants to see her mum and she just won't stop till she gets it. She doesn't believe in, she's not scared or fearful of that. She just, it's got one goal and it's quite cute and funny. One of, one of Carl's classic fun facts that she totally doesn't get from IMDb is that David M. Stern noticed that most of the writers were pitching stories about Bart and Homer and he thought a deeper vein of comedy could be reached by having Marge suffer a nervous uh, breakdown. James L. Brooks immediately approved the idea. Yeah, J- well, James L. Brooks is... He was brought into The Simpsons because he did Terms of Endearment and all these big emotional weepies in the 70s and that, and I guess he could see the heart of this, and I'm glad they went with this. Um, I'll save my criticisms a bit later on, but um, no, I enjoyed the emotional weight that we got with having it with Marge and Maggie rather than being at Homer-centric, as would happen on the late years, just pile it all on. Homer, I like what they did here. I, I like it more, especially more the earlier ones where it kind of more, it, it kind of dies away from the initial, oh, Homer's doing something stupid again, or Bart's just doing, being a little bit of a shit and, again. And it's well developed, not as much obviously now, but earlier on is at its peak. Maggie doesn't want to go. She grips completely onto the door and the kids, you know, they just think, oh, I wish I thought of that. Now, I'll just delve into here, Cal was having a little human in your uh in your household mm-hmm. that have you had any sort of 
strifes or um, troubles like Homer went through um, this episode? Um, not so much. It, we've had a few where, like, when she first started, because I've got a niece, and when she first started, like, walking around and stuff like that, um, we've got this spinny chair, sat her on it, sort of spinning around, turned around for a second, and she'd fallen. So then as I grabbed her, she was okay. As I lifted her back up, she banged her head on. She banged her head on the table. It wasn't me, I swear. And Ooh. stupid shit like that, but like oh, no. almost dropping her and not, like she banged. <laughs> me, me and my dad was looking after her one time. And this isn't this isn't recorded, is it? It's not going to get like child line on me or anything. No, um, no, it's the simple kind of like she banged her head, and my dad kind of freaked out, and I was just like. Just laughing at her to try and stop her from crying, and it works. But like recently, for example, because she's getting to the age where she's starting to like understand and stuff like that. And I had a story earlier where my mum was sleeping on the sea or pretending to be asleep, but resting her eyes or whatever. And so uh, my niece was just playing with something. So my sister went, uh, called her over, and when go look, look, now I'm sleeping. So she went up to, up to her and just screamed in her face, and I was just like, "That's oh amazing!" <laughs> That's exactly demon child. Exactly, but she understood. We didn't think she was gonna. She didn't. My well, sister didn't think she was gonna do anything, but it was just really funny. Just like, bah! I was like, oh. "Now, Dari asked, did the mum give her an evil look or no? She hit her or just, oh, like reaction her? <laughs> okay, that wasn't it. <laughs> fucking." Sparta kicked her away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she the dropped The question is, Cal, did you catch her on the first bounce? She's starting to give. Maggie really doesn't want to leave the house. Maybe she should just stay with you. Are you sure that's wise? Uh-huh. I'll probably trade her for a beer and a nudie magazine. <laughs> for your information, I can take care of my... See? Got her in the first bounce. This kicks off um, basically a almost a Home Alone parody, like the title says. Um, again, I like a lot of the scenes with Homer trying to entertain Maggie here. A particular highlight of mine is trying to entertain her with the um, hand puppets here and Santa's little helper going for his wrist, thinking one of them's real. What a let go and Maggie clapping. And I guarantee kids love Viol- babies love violence they yeah. love the simplest form of slapstick mm-hmm. and that so it's is that true to life with your niece uh, does she appreciate yeah. slapstick definitely she's uh she she went through this phase we've kind of got it out of her now but um she just slap people but it was those it was those if you're holding it she just literally just slap you in the face um but we realised oh, 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 sorry, open hand slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just, she just literally just look at you and just slap you in the face with both hands as well. And we realised the reason why she was doing this is it was mainly because of my brother-in-law, who used to like puff his cheeks up and she'd slap all the hair out of thing, uh, out of his mouth kind of thing. But she was only doing it to like people with chubbier cheeks as well. So she was just like, oh look, ah fuck, yeah, let's do it. I will apply this with all cheeks from now on. <laughs> Howdy, this is just a reminder that if you're enjoying the content so far, loving our podcast, loving the episode, go to facebook.com and search for Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a British podcast, and give us a like there. We will update you on all of our exclusive content and posts as well. 
Also, if you're in the mood for a bit more Simpsons and more Simpsons podcasts, go over and check out the 411 folks on Facebook and SoundCloud as well. They do lots of great impressions, great analysis of the episodes, and it's generally a good time. And now back with your regularly scheduled listening. Homer, he can't do it all on his own, so he inquires a friend. Inquires Barney, and I spoke about this with um, Sasha in another good episode review, Duffless. Um, the Homer-Barney dynamic, again, it's another, as the Simpsons do in these Golden Generation episodes, they get character dynamics spot on, and I really enjoyed Homer and Barney just as these um, lumbering buffoons. It kind of really shows that type of character, like, as Homer, what type of friends he would have, and it is just kind of like his old school friends, his old drinking buddies. But in between... Um, the kids being at um, Patty and Selma's and Marge fitting into Rancho Relaxo, and we'll get to her in a minute, but I didn't. I only realised this, what, about a year ago? I watched this with young eyes, just thinking, oh, Homer's tired himself out from having to deal with Maggie on his own, that he's uh, singing to her lullabies in this odd fashion, but then I put two and two together like a year ago, and he's pissed. He's obviously been had Barney round for a sesh whilst, you know, it's boring, nothing else going on in the house, so, and that's him drunk. I never put two and two together with him singing drunk lullabies, but you can tell from how they designed his hair and he's slurring. Do you think? I think it's just because he's knackered. Because I... You think it's because he's tired? Yeah, just from over, I don't know, just trying to entertain uh, Maggie for so long, because it is knackering, because it's basically, you've just got this little ball of energy which you've just got to stop from killing itself for eight hours <laughs> and because they'll just literally say oh look that's a knife okay let's see what it does oh shit yummy red jam that looks electric i'm gonna eat it is this cow's parental guidance in a nutshell but it basically is it's the best thing ever i've ever heard about with children anyway is it's like getting a dog what slowly learns how to speak, which is from Scrubs. But then it is it is just literally just always on edge, just trying not to fucking have it kill itself, basically. Because it's just like everything it says is like, oh, look, that's sparkly. Let me go fucking touch it. Oh, that looks hot. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what it tastes like. But Marge has joined Rancho Relaxo now, and um, she gets introduced to all the wonders of it by one Troy McClure. Oh, hello, and welcome to Rancho Relaxo. I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as Today We Kill, Tomorrow We Die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule. But today you'll see me in my greatest role, your video tour guide to Rancho Relaxo. Our tour starts in your very own room, where Relaxo Vision offers you the latest Hollywood hits. And after midnight, the finest R-rated movies Europe has to offer. Ooh la la. We've talked about them, you know, in passing with his final ever appearance in our Bart the Mother episode here, but and we've already talked about Phil Hartman, but Troy McClure, the character, um, Cal, he's always um he's always a reliable one for The Simpsons. He's see, if I'm honest, I prefer uh Lionel Hutz. Oh, okay. I'm more of a Lionel Hutz fan, however, um a Fish Called Selma is one of my favourite episodes. She realises she's got to make the most of her time here, so she, start, uh, she starts doing it all hula, hooping, kayaking. She ticks them off the list. Um, there's plenty of activity for her. But back at the house, Maggie's um, not feeling it. She is missing her mum. So she goes off on a venture and tries to find her without the knowledge of Homer. And he finds Maggie's cot empty and 
that's where we get our uh, iconic imagery. Cal, can you just hazard a guess? Iconic imagery. It's a parody of the title. Oh, the yeah, the, uh, the Home Alone screen. There we go. I'm, I'm so awake. Homer's instantly panicking. He's looking over in the rumpus room in the Hoover bag on the chimney with a bit of smog on his face. That's a nice little touch there. And this got me the first... Well, obviously, it's not going to get me episodes after. This got me the first time as, like, an eight. You were like, <gasps> Barney sat on Maggie because you see the shade yeah. of the spikes. Whoa! Try sleeping on one of these. And it's a fucking old crustacean thing? What is that thing, Cap? It's a conch? Uh, yeah, it's a conch. The conch, I think from the sacred conch from SpongeBob. <laughs> that made me laugh. It made it gave me a giggle because it's just kind of I like surreal things. It's just like you don't you want to you want a good night's sleep. Don't sleep on a conch. Is that uh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, it raises more questions. <laughs> it's fine. They're gonna they're gonna find Maggie and the they're, they're gonna have omelets, much like Donkey Shrek when he gets up there having waffles. a bad night try sleeping on one of these barney i've lost a baby it's the worst thing i've ever done don't worry don't worry you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make you an omelet just help me look are you sure i make them with two kinds of cheese come on wow hey homer i think i've got her ah, come on Barney, you're gonna pull her arm off the sooner i get her out the sooner we can have omelets Maggie's safe on her own she tries to look through every sort of shop to find her mother again you know, the hair salon and that the butterfats ice cream place where um, apparently Wiggum takes that as a suicide attempt which uh, again it's funny but it's a dark turn especially when like, a baby's involved in that I didn't really think that until just <laughs> now whole life ahead Maggie's of you. fine yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but Homer's busy thinking of uh, horrible excuses to tell Marge that um, Maggie's gone. He's really uh, very topical. He's uh, really McCandice, hasn't he? Was <laughs> a potential. He's McCandice. <laughs> All right, so we're not um, overly running this podcast, but um, have you seen any of it? And I... so, um, nutshell on the series, Cal. The Netflix series now, I've, I've, it's on my list, but a, a lot of people I've talked to is just like it, sh- it doesn't need to be eight episodes. Like, I saw a few, uh, one thing that was quite funny there. Where it was just like, it was a tweet just saying they've got to be watching, uh, reading about fan fa- uh, fan theories and stuff, and say, well, fuck, fuck, came uh, Helen from Doncaster's pretty close. <laughs> uh, I'll just give my short review of it. Basically, everyone is incompetent apart from the dogs. Thankfully, Wiggum comes to the door. You man reporting a missing baby. Uh, yeah, she's small. <laughs> she's a girl. <laughs> Bringo! But Homer, he, you know, he doesn't have to face any sort of responsibilities or crimes, you know. Just don't do it again, you big log. So Homer makes sure we're wrapping up the episode now, folks. This, I tell you what, this third act just zips by, Cal. I feel like it's only about three minutes long, he's gaffer taped her into the seat, he's gone to patting somewhere, thrown the kids in the car, and ready to get Marge from the station, Marge, again a lovely little, um, little quick uh, scene here of just her getting the family photo out, and then the little reveal of um, the dishevelled family, not who they once were, and I do see a lot of memes and gifs, um, I think I've said before on here, I'm a big uh, football fan, Premier League fan, I see a lot of that with teams like 
when they have a big massive um upset in form or a big defeat it's like oh hi did you miss me and then they get one win never leave again never leave <laughs> it doesn't not feel like they just didn't know how to end it it feels like they did know but it wasn't much of a conclusion needed because it obviously it needs to be set back to the norm anyway yeah um well that's the thing like and the ending is very much the family going to promise all these things but then you know it's going to reset so it's just a a means to a end if you will and that's how we end the episode so cal um overall what are your thoughts looking back at it again and then eventually how do you rate this episode it was an all right episode i think it's not the worst it's not definitely by far not the worst we've reviewed um not the best either really uh you know, it's the first episode with MacGyver. It's good because it kind of, it, it really does show when, you know, what happens when the centre stone of your, you know, the family or whatever, like you think, oh, it's Homer's, like the breadwinner and stuff like that. No, fucking Marge is the boss. Marge is the G who holds them all together. Very fitting that this episode may be released around Mother's Day in the UK anyway. I think, um, you know what, I'm going to have to, I'm sticking on the same save went through as you, I'm going to agree with you here. I liked parts of it, there's a load of sequences I do like, but I'll just, um, I'll just say it like this, I wanted to see more of Marge at Rancho Relaxo, just see her ticking stuff off and getting shown what to do with Rancho Relaxo, we don't actually see her doing stuff at Rancho Relaxo, I want to see her like, awkwardly not doing something for the first time, then loving it like, cigar making or whatever or maybe she could see someone like I don't know crusty or that and they share a hula hoop and something funny happens I wanted more of that it's like getting a nice main meal you know you get like lasagna and a salad that's fine but you know where's the where's the garlic bread where's that little thing to pick it up I wanted that from the I wanted more Marge. I wanted more from the B story here. But overall, um, let's go for some ratings. Uh, I'll start with you, Cal. How are you going to rate this particular episode? Um, like I said, it's good. It's good animation. It's it, it's a very sturdy episode kind of thing. It, it it holds up. It's funny still. It did make me laugh a few times. Uh, mainly with like the Quimby scene more than anything. I'll give it a strong eight missing children out of ten. <laughs> no, I'm not going that high. Six R. Kelly rage outs out of ten. Six point five. Yeah, that's not dating this episode at all. <laughs> no, you know what it's like, man. They're trying to take the kids. <laughs> How I'd rate it myself, um, I think it's just, I wanted more of Marge, I wanted more of the B story, there's still some good points, but I'd say it's just, I'd say, I'd say it's fine overall, fine overall, so with that, I'm going to go um, two and a half 9am feedings. And this is where we look forward to the um, next episode of the podcast, I'm going to pull that lever from our random episode generator and see what spits out. Okay, and we're jumping to season 10 with a Wild Barts Can't Be Broken. Um, I'll just say the key word for you, Cal. Um, we know all your secrets. Ah, uh, it's a good Chief Wiggum episode, that as well. Oh, you're going to be in your element, uh, yes. Yeah. 
we'll be able to delve more into that and other topics when we see you for the next Uncle Mo's Family Feedback episode. But if you can, please like and subscribe to our Facebook page. Um, I've been adding more and more um, all of our back catalog back catalogue episodes to uh, my YouTube channel, so please uh, go on there. The links will be in the Facebook page and our SoundCloud as well. That is uh, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast again, and uh, we will see you then. Until next time, take care. Bye. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.